0: Welcome to large group. So exciting. It really is. Uh, It's maybe your first time back or your first time in general, but large group is when we come together to to care for one another, to make new friendships, to encourage one another and to be challenged by asking good questions, looking for honest answers and looking to engage with the God who is real and at work in our lives and I'm so excited because we are going, uh, this first part of the semester, looking at one of my favorite books of the Bible, which I think is one of the most interesting ones in it, Proverbs. It's in the Bible, and so Christians believe that it's part of the Word of God, God speaking to us. So it's very important for anyone considering what Christianity is, and it's, it's important for, for Christians. It, but at its core, Proverbs is all about wisdom. Wisdom is what God offers to us as a free gift, and it's what we desperately, desperately need. So with that in mind, we're going to be reading two portions of Proverbs, starting with chapter 2, 1 through 15. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. In Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live, and walk in the way of insight. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for the truth, and I pray that the truth would set us free. We need wisdom, and so we ask for you to give it to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I need wisdom at the age of 32, and I needed it at 22. When I was in college during one summer, I worked at a, at a camp outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I, I'm a camp person, love camp, encourage people to be camp counselors. But a word of warning there is something intoxicatingly appealing of, about camp fame. Being camp famous is, can be a lot of things, but it can be doing ridiculous off the wall things so that other campers and counselors remember you forever in camp lore. Dream big, right? Lady Gaga sang at the inauguration, but I was camp famous, all right? And one of the things I did to become camp famous was something I called Life Jacket Man. When the campers and the councils would go down to the lake to swim... What I would do is I would put on as many life jackets as possible, put four on my torso, three worn diaper style, a couple on each of my arms, a couple on my legs, and maybe like one small child one on my head for good measure. And then I would march across the dock making sure that everyone saw me as I sang Life Jacket Man to the tune of Iron Man by Black Sabbath. And I would walk up and climb the tower to the the high diving board, and then I would shout, who wants to see me do a belly flop? And as I I remember it, it was an acclaim, shouts of cheers from mostly six-year-olds. And then I would go stiff plank style and fall the 20 feet down to the water. And when I belly flopped, I didn't just belly flop. No, the, the life jacket stopped the natural course of gravity. So it was like I, I flew 20 feet down hitting a wet brick wall. And when I would hit and like the sound was like a cannon blast. From what I remember, all the, the campers would cheer and say again because it's never enough. And I would cry because of the pain, and because of the, my loss of dignity. Because it was like, take the normal belly flop pain and multiply it about a million fold. So I would shed tears because of the pain and the loss of my self-respect. There's a lot of ways you can categorize making a decision like that, but one would be unwise. Choosing to sacrifice my body and my self-respect for essentially nothing is unwise. And that may seem like an obvious, wise decision. Like, should I do life jacket man today or not? Probably not. But there are many decisions that hinge on wisdom that are not obvious like that one. I mean, when you have an exam at 9 a.m., should you go out and watch the sunrise with your friends? Or should you stay at home and sleep a little bit longer and study and make sure you're ready? I'm not calling out anybody. Um, <laughs> i calling out myself. And, I mean, should you... Um, go to college or not. Should you date or not? Who should you date? What friends should you pursue with your closest friends? What career path should you pick? Should you save your money or give your money away? How much should you save? How much should you give away? There are a lot of decisions that, like that that are not obviously right or wrong decisions. They are about wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs wants to to show us that even seemingly obvious questions and decisions like, should I steal candy from a baby, are only obvious because we have some measure of wisdom. The more wise you are, the more obvious it is that, no, you shouldn't steal candy from a baby. But it's possible that we may become so unwise that even the seemingly obvious right and wrong decisions become murky. And all that to say, we desperately need, in every way, wisdom. And here's the good news. Is that Proverbs offers us the gift of wisdom. It offers us the gift of wisdom. Or another way of putting it is that in this book God is holding out to us the free gift of wisdom. And I want us to introduce wisdom tonight by asking four questions about it. 1. What is it? What is wisdom? 2. How do we, or why is it important? 3. How do we get it? 4. Who gets it? So what why, how, and who. But first, let's look at what is wisdom. Proverbs, it describes that word wisdom in a few different ways. In chapter two, the author takes on this persona of a father inviting his child to listen to his words that contain wisdom. And wisdom is parallel in verse two. You can look there to understanding. Verse three links it to insight. In verse 5, wisdom, it's partnered with the knowledge of God. So wisdom, it's a, it involves knowing and understanding. But it's not just having a bunch of information or knowing a bunch of stuff. The past 50 years, they've been described by some as the information explosion. We have far greater access to information than we've ever had in history. But maybe you can just ask yourself, how much wiser are we for it? It's possible that we know more than we ever have and we're less wise. It's possible because wisdom is not the same thing as just having a bunch of information. It's more than just knowing a bunch of stuff. Wisdom is skill in the art of living the way God intends. It's skill in the art of living the way God intends. It's a developed skill in the art of knowing how to live well or how to live in reality. Because Proverbs, it invites us to see the world not as like a blank canvas that we get to fill with living however we want and just making up our path as we go. Instead, it assumes that the world was lovingly, intentionally made by God. And wisdom is about knowing how to live in a way that fits that world. It's knowing how to live in a way that fits the, the purpose that God has for this world. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is about living rightly. So it's about more than just information. You can know that one career path will give you the most money, but it, knowing that, that amount of information won't actually tell you that you, you should just pick the career that will pay you the most. Proverbs assumes that it's possible that the most Intelligent, intellectual people can be the most deeply unwise, and the people with the technically lowest IQ can be some of the wisest people you will ever meet, because wisdom is not just information. We can picture the way wisdom works. Imagine yourself, you're going down a river, and it forks, and it can go either left or right, right? Now, it's easy to pick a side if, like, one side is filled with alligators whose eyes are poking out and they're hungrily looking at you. But what if both sides look appealing and safe? Wisdom is the art of being able to see downriver and discern which path you should take. What is wisdom? It's skill in the art of godliness or skill in the art of knowing how to live in the way God intends. So that's the first thing. What is wisdom? But second, let's look at why does wisdom matter? Why are we talking about this? Starting in verse 10, the father, he sells his son why this wisdom is such a big deal. If wisdom comes into your heart, he says, it will be pleasant to your soul. It will wa- Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. He tells his son that wisdom will deliver you from the way of evil. And evil is personified here as men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Wisdom, in other words, will protect you from forces that want to lead you toward harm and self-destruction. It will protect you from destruction. And it goes on later in the chapter, which is printed here, to say that wisdom will lead you toward a good, flourishing land. Wisdom will, in the language of the Bible, it will bless you and it will keep you. When we talk about Wise decisions or, or being wise leading toward blessings, it, we should ask the question are we talking about money and possessions and a, just a good life? Is this righteous gemstones kind of stuff? Where, like, if you do the right thing enough, God's going to give you a bunch of money? Absolutely not. Proverbs has a lot to say about not hoarding our possessions and our wealth. Instead, wisdom is not so important. Because it's going to lead us to a luxurious life. Instead, wisdom matters because your actions matter. Because your actions shape you. And so wisdom is in some ways its own reward. It's it's much more important than any amount of, of wealth or possessions or ease that you'll get as a consequence of it. Wisdom matters... Because wise decisions over time, they shape you toward the person that God intends you to be, which will in the end lead to greater joy and peace. And unwise decisions played out over and over again, they will lead you away from what God intends and so will lead to greater misery. This is what um, an author named C.S. Lewis is getting at in his book, Mere Christianity, when he writes this. And you can read up on the screen with me. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses into something a little different from what it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning the central thing either into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. Either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures, and with itself. Wisdom matters. Wisdom is precious because God wants you to become a certain kind of person. Because God loves you. Wisdom is precious because God wants you to be the person in verse 9 who understands righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. God wants you to become a wise person. That's why wisdom matters. And wisdom is no guarantee that you will never suffer. Far from it. But you can look at your own life and see how unwise decisions lead to greater suffering. And wisdom, it's not going to guarantee you a cent more of money. But it leads to greater joy and peace because it leads you further on to the person that God made you to be, which is it's good. So why does it matter? Because God wants you to become wise. Third, let's look at how do you get wisdom? When we ask this question, how do you get wisdom? It reminds me of the bridge scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they're trying to get across this bridge that leads over death and destruction to the other side to find the grail and get eternal life. And the bridge keeper is super creepy and he's ominously going to ask them these three questions that will determine whether they go toward death and destruction or toward eternal life. And the three questions the first time you ask them are, what is your name, what is your quest, and what is your favorite color? Explaining a joke always kills it, but it's funny because it's maddeningly simple. The way across death and destruction to life is to answer these very simple questions. In a similar way, how do you get wisdom? It's maddeningly simple, and yet we so rarely choose the path. In the movie, only two of the knights actually make it across the other side. How do you get wisdom? First, you ask for it. That's how you get wisdom. The father tells his son in verse 3 that the way to get wisdom is to call out for it. Give me wisdom. It's that simple. God invites you to ask for wisdom, and he promises he'll give it to you. Which doesn't mean that if you're, you have this decision in front of you of where to go to lunch, los or Dose, you ask God for wisdom and he gives you a sign like he blows up one of the restaurants. No, what this means is that God delights to give you wisdom because he loves you and because he wants to make you a wise person. So we are called to continually ask God for wisdom and he's going to give it to you. Isn't that amazing? But secondly, you have to receive it. If you get it, you receive it. Again, the father says in verse one, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments and going on to verse two, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding, then you will get wisdom. Getting wisdom requires a heart that will receive it. You may love learning, but few of us really love being taught. It's easy to seek out information on my own, but it's harder to admit I don't know what's right or what to do, please help me. That's much harder. But to get wisdom, it requires a teachable heart. A teachable heart. The third, you have to seek it. You ask for it, you receive it, and you seek it. The author tells us in verse four to seek wisdom like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. To get wisdom, you have to want wisdom. Later in chapter four, verse seven, it says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Hunger for it, hunt for it, long for it. And here's where we need to ask ourselves a really good question Do you want wisdom? In what ways have we become complacent? And rather than wanting wisdom, we want to do what seems right to us. Or we want to take paths that are easiest or pragmatic and lead to the best outcome for us. Do you long for wisdom? Another way to put it is, is your heart teachable? Is my heart teachable? How do you get wisdom? You ask for it. You receive it. You seek it. You recognize that you need it, which leads us to the last thing. Who gets it? Who gets wisdom? Who are the wise? I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to be, I love trivia nights. I've always wanted to be the person at Trivia Night who knows everything, who rocks the history questions, the pop culture questions, the geography questions, the sports questions. But I'm not that person. I so want to be in the elite group of people who know stuff. And we all want to be confident. But We don't want to be the person who has to ask for directions all the time, which is me. I don't want a trivia night to admit that I've forgotten or maybe I never knew pretty much all of the state capitals, <laughs> including North Carolina, which I continually have to ask someone to remind me. Let's not get into that right now, though. Thankfully, though, as much as I I want to be in the elite group of people who know stuff, wisdom is not for the elite. Wisdom is for everybody. It's for everyone who gets wisdom. Wisdom is for those who know they need wisdom. Wisdom is for people who say, I don't have wisdom. Please give it to me. I mean, look at chapter nine. Let's turn there. Wisdom is pictured as a woman who has built a house and is now throwing a post-COVID party, the party that we're all longing for. In verse 1, she has slaughtered beasts for meat. Not that we're going to do that. Which is, I mean, (laughs) eating meat in the ancient world was reserved for the most special of occasions. And she's brought out the wine and set it at the table. Starting in verse 3, she has sent out her young women. This is wisdom. And and they call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, which means who needs wisdom, let him turn in here to him who lacks sense. She says, come eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Wisdom is pictured as the best host who's saying, come to my party. Everyone, everyone get in here and eat with me and drink with me and find joy in my house at my party. Be wise, you don't need a PhD. All you need is need. That's all you need. Which leads us really to recognize that wisdom is in the end, not just about knowing stuff or even having wisdom just by itself to be impressive. Wisdom is about knowing God. The beginning of wisdom is to know that you need God's power and his presence in your life. The start point of wisdom is to know that you need God's mercy and his forgiveness and his love poured out upon you, which means that your need for wisdom is your need for Jesus. Because Jesus is wisdom personified. It's he is wisdom with a body on. Jesus came into this world to die the death deserved by foolish and evil people like me. He came into this world to give you life and to give you wisdom by giving you himself. So this whole semester, the path on toward wisdom is the path further on to see the beauty of Jesus, our perfect wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, so much that you want to make us wise. Thank you, Lord, that you are our wisdom. And I pray that as we consider what it means to be wise, our our desire more than anything would be for you. Um, Conform us to yourself as we ask for wisdom, even now. In your name, amen.